Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Table Talk, discussions of church, theology, and culture. My name is Luke Burrow. I'm the family and ministry coordinator here at CBC Elderton. With me, as always, is our lead pastor, Andrew Hall. As we are coming into the summer now, as things start to slow down a little bit, we're going to take a few weeks to uh, do some some more casual episodes, maybe some some more fun and shorter episodes. We're going to do a two-part series beginning this week on our favorite books of the Bible. And then um, after that, we'll also be doing an episode on some of our favorite Christian authors. We often, Andrew, like to take the summer to do some book recommendations to mm-hmm. if you are, uh, if any of our listeners are uh, tuning into our e-bulletins, we spend time every summer recommending some books, talking about other resources. We, we recognize that usually summer is a time where things calm down a little bit and people have a little more time to, to maybe get into some, some good reading, some good books, some good podcasts. And we, we, like to, we like to take time in the summer to talk about those things. Mm-hmm. And so for this episode, as you can see from the title, we are going to start with the New Testament. We're going to talk about our favorite books of the New Testament. Now, of course, I think it goes without saying there are many books that we love in the Bible. It's, I'm sure both of us can attest to the fact that it's, it's hard to pick just one, uh, but for the, for the sake of this episode and for the sake of you listening, we're going to do our best. And so, Andrew, why don't we start with you? Uh, what are you bringing to the table today? What is your favorite book of the New Testament? It's uh, out of 27 New Testament uh, books, uh, gospels, uh, epistles, and letters, um, the one that has probably shaped me and shaped the thinking around ministry the most has been the book of Ephesians. Mm-hmm. I have, um, I spent a fair bit of time during seminary memorizing the book of Ephesians. And uh, I, I am, I'm a little rusty right now. So, but, uh, but there are, there are large sections that uh, it's, it's very easy for me to recall it to memory. And so, mm-hmm. Uh, just as a favorite book, um, there's so much in the book of Ephesians. How about you? What's been your favorite book in the New Testament? Yeah, I am going to be talking this episode about the book of Matthew. I really enjoy and appreciate the book of Matthew and ended up learning quite a bit about it in seminary. When I was in seminary, I had a professor whose sort of focus in his own research was the book of Matthew. And he, he was a very good teacher and had lots of really helpful things to say. So that that was really, really helpful for me, really foundational for me. And I had actually a, a brother-in-law in that same course as well. It turned out mm. to be a pretty foundational for, for him as well. So I yeah, really appreciate and enjoy uh, the, the book of Matthew. So that's what I will be talking about. And so we want to then now, so we've got Ephesians and we've got Matthew, and we're going to dive in a little bit deeper to uh, what we what we like about these books, what what we appreciate about them. So, Andrew, what do you appreciate? What do you like particularly about the book of Ephesians? So, for me, the book of Ephesians has been probably the ministry shaping book, uh, which might be surprising to people, but yet uh, when we talk about gospel community and mission here at CBC, that's actually rooted in the book of Ephesians mm-hmm. uh, in the first three chapters. Um, it's it's a it's a book that um, there's so much that I could say about it, um, but simply uh, 
Paul starts, he, he begins his letter with uh, verses three through 14 as one long run-on sentence in Greek. And he just continues to the praise of God's glorious grace in Christ. And, um, and that, that sets up chapter two, where he talks about the gospel. And he talks about the gospel from two angles. He first talks about the gospel from the angle of um, um, how we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but made alive in Christ. And then he talks about how the gospel does this work of bringing a community of believers into uh, that he takes two distinct people groups and makes them one in Jesus Christ uh, in verses chapter two, verses 11 through 22. And that God is building us together into this holy temple uh, where he dwells. Uh, and so the whole dynamic of, of who we are in Christ gets addressed in Ephesians. Uh, our, our identity, our um, our place in the church. He he goes on and and even talks about mission, the mission that we have to fight against the devil in chapter six, but also to display to the principalities and powers uh, the, that the wisdom of God is made manifest in the church. And at the end of chapter three, after this, this discussion of doctrine, he goes and he says something that I think is very profound. He says, now to him, uh, 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 to him who is able to do a far more exceedingly abundantly than all we could ima- ask or imagine according to his riches in Christ Jesus and the church, I believe is how it goes. He, he speaks uh, of the glory that is displayed um, and how God is able to do far more abundantly in the church, glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. <laughs> and this re- the reason for that is, that the work that God is doing in Christ Jesus is the work that he is doing in us. And so when we are in Christ, all of the blessings, chapter one, verse three, all the blessings that are Christ's are ours and and we are in him. And so that just knits us together. It builds unity in the body. It deals with personal sin. It strengthens us by grace. Um, so Ephesians for me has really shaped the idea of gospel community and mission. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we try to live out here at CBC. Now I know, uh, I'm sure it was Jonathan Pennington Correct, yes. that uh, was the big influence for you at mm-hmm. Southern. Uh, he was one of my fellow classmates, big influence and, uh, Dr. Vader has a PhD supervisor, Patrick Schreiner, um, I know Patrick's done a fair bit of work mm-hmm. on the book of Matthew. Yeah. So what is it about the book of Matthew for you that you really enjoy? Yeah, I'll I'll make one quick comment about Ephesians before moving into sure. that. One of the things that I, I think most appreciate about the book of Ephesians is it's one of the clearest examples to me of the the sort of split we see in most of the New New Testament letters of first the gospel. And then what we should do about the the gospel, the indicatives, and then the <laughs> imperatives. This is the case with all of, or yeah, pretty much all of the the New Testament letters. But I think it's maybe clearest in Ephesians. It, there's this wonderful, the first few chapters all about the gospel, all about what Christ has done, and then then afterwards, what do we do about that? Yeah. I always found. If, if I'm going to talk to somebody about those categories of indicative and imperative, Ephesians is probably That's one of the, the best places to yeah. go. The, the book of Matthew, I'm, I mean, first, it's, it's just really, I always find it refreshing to come back to reading any of the gospel accounts to just to be in the life and ministry of Jesus. 
you know, Jesus really is at the the center of of everything, and it's it's good to it's good to just sort of be in that place. But uh, particularly, it was studying the book of Matthew that helped me maybe understand for the first time just how carefully and intentionally the Bible is put together. There was so much in the book of Matthew as I learned about it that wasn't necessarily clear to me at first, but the way that it's structured, the way that it's put together, everything is put exactly where it is for a specific purpose. And yeah, it never, you, I think when you're younger and you're reading these stories, they, they kind of feel maybe a little haphazard, maybe, yep. maybe yep. slapped together to some degree, but it was, it was a class on, it was either a specific Matthew class or a new New Testament class where we talked about the fact that Matthew and the other gospel writers would have had decades to sit and to think and to plan and and prepare before they wrote these books. They were incredibly carefully considered. And so when you, when you zoom out and you look at the structure of the book and you see the, the introduction in the sermon on the Mount and you get into, into parables and, apocalyptic stories and you you understand more you know each of the gospels are different they're they're telling stories in different orders put together for different reasons and it really opened my eyes to the depth of really what's going on in scripture in a new way that that intentionality i think really stood out to me and it was it was the book of matthew particularly that kind of opened my eyes to that for for the first time we don't realize that when the New Testament writers were sitting down to write either books or letters, that it wasn't just a spontaneous activity. Yeah. That both we acknowledge the the divine inspiration of Scripture that that God was carrying men along by the Spirit to record and write every word. Um, but at the same time, these men were thoughtful and intentional, and they mm-hmm. were using their gifts and abilities and um, because we can type up a, an email and delete it and retype it and it's no thought for us, we fail to appreciate that uh, in the ancient world and in Jesus' time, um, papyrus was not, it wasn't cheap to no. write on that. So so you you thought about what you were writing. You very were very, yeah. very diligent. Uh, I love the book of Matthew because um, um, it's, it's, I think it's got what, five key sermons mm-hmm. that Jesus gives yep. uh, from the Sermon on the Mount. And then I, I forget all of the various, there's the kingdom parables and yep. uh, there's the woes. And, um, but yeah, I find that the way that Matthew even structures his gospel is brilliant from the opening words, the Genesis yes. of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and that, uh, that whole genealogy, that first, yeah. that first bit, it, it's easy to gloss over and it seems kind of weird that it's there, but even down to the fact that there's very specific numbers of, yes. of generations and what those numbers mean and the specific people that are included in that genealogy, it's all so specific and so carefully considered. And that that, that was really a, a big sort of foundational discovery for me about the Bible. Absolutely. When, so when you, when you, uh, got into the book of Matthew, what was it that drew you to that book? Yeah, I think it's, it's been helpful for me, particularly as I've been, I've been thinking about 
uh, more and more, you've, as you've heard me preach, listeners, maybe some of you throughout the the last couple of years, as, as I consider the 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 concepts of law and gospel, there's lots of sort of very clear places where where that becomes so clear and so crystallized and. That I think has been very helpful to me. The, the the literary style I think is it's very engaging. It's very it's very easy to read, and you can you can tell you're being carried along by by somebody who really knows knows what they're they're doing. And yeah, even even as I mentioned before, I you know you you spend lots of time reading in all sorts of areas of the the Bible, but I always find it to be. A, a breath of fresh air to get back to one of the gospels and to to get back to to Christ and to his life and to just sort of see what he did, how he acted, the way he lived is mm-hmm. is a very very helpful thing I think. So, yeah. I always found that what's so amazing about the gospel of Matthew, uh though I wouldn't say it's my favorite gospel, but uh brilliantly put together is how the opening really retraces Israel's history. Yeah. Jesus is actually retracing Israel's history. Yeah. And Matthew structures uh, even up, well, for sure through chapter seven mm-hmm. from, from uh, Israel coming out of Egypt and being delivered and crossing the Red Sea and, and going, going into the wilderness for temptation and then up onto the mountain yeah. and receiving the, the law and, um, Matthew is just absolutely brilliant in terms of how he thinks about Israel's history and about Jesus as the one who comes to fulfill all righteousness. Absolutely. And it, it's worth saying as well that all all the other gospel writers are are equally this way and in, in their own ways, they're equally brilliant for, for sure. But this is your favorite. But this is my favorite and the one that that really kind of started it all and kind of opened my, my eyes in this way. So for, for the book of Ephesians then, for, for you, you've... There's lots to there's lots that you appreciate and have been affected by. What what initially drew you to to that book? Um, I'll mention <laughs> I'll mention the sermons of Dr. Martin Lloyd Jones, mm. um, and we'll talk about some references that people might find helpful. Yeah. Um, the sermons that Lloyd Jones preached at Westminster Chapel um, on the Book of Ephesians. My dad gave me a volume was probably my introduction to Martin Lloyd-Jones. And it was um, uh, the last section on uh, Christian warfare, spiritual warfare. Mm. And at the time, uh, there was lots of the the charismatic movement was kind of in its um, heyday and and really had come to the forefront. And what I found in Lloyd-Jones was somebody who who was thinking in a way that I hadn't I hadn't encountered before and he wet my appetite for the book of Ephesians and from that I started looking at chapter 1 and I um I really spent a lot of time just digging into those in Christ sayings in chapter 1 and yeah. really wanted to be formed by by Jesus and and what I found in the letter of of the uh of to the Ephesians was that that there was so much that was practical for my everyday life that that if I would know Christ in these ways, if I could know of his riches, of his kindness and grace, what would it do? What, what kind of impact would it have in terms of my other relationships? Chapter four is all about that. Walking in the light, chapter five, fighting the, the faith, um, living out relationships, husbands and wives, 
fathers and children, uh, slaves and and masters, and and there was so much there that I just found. I I have so much growing to do in seeing how. For me, that was the awakening of of the gospel, um, and how gospel was actually at the center of all things. Mm. Um, the irony is that it was it was later in in my college days um, the first Greek course that where we had to do um, take apart and translate a book was the book of Ephesians, okay. and that really started to cement into me and into my soul just a love for this book and mm-hmm. the complexities of it. And so we are going to end this episode and the subsequent episodes in this series as well, giving some, some resources to you listeners. If you want to dive into these particular books uh, a little bit more, apart from reading the books, the, the Bible books themselves that we're talking about, Ephesians and Matthew, Andrew, what would be some resources people would find helpful if they want to understand the book of Ephesians specifically better. Yeah. Uh, so I've mentioned already uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones. Those books, I think there's uh, six volumes in the Baker series uh, that Martin Lloyd-Jones has uh, on his sermons. You can find those uh, online. You can just type in Martin Lloyd-Jones sermons, Ephesians, and I think it'll take you to the MLJ website and you can listen to his actual sermons. Um, the, probably the best commentary, uh, for the average person that is far more devotional than anything else is actually by, uh, another British pastor, uh, another London pastor. In fact, it was, uh, John Stott. Mm. And, uh, I think it's one of his best, uh, commentaries on the book of Ephesians. It's in the uh, Bible Speaks Today series. Very practical, very readable. It's not a typical, when I say commentary, I can see people's eyes glazing yeah. over. But actually that's that's a very devotional um, uh, commentary that if you sat down and read it, uh, you I think you'd be pleasantly surprised um, how how good it is uh, to, to read. Um, and then... Um, I would say the last one is if you just want to read some some good sermons, uh, the the volume that stands out to me. There's two volumes that stand out to me. Brian Chapel has has his sermons written down in uh, the Reformed Expository Commentary. It's just basically his sermons recorded, and then also um, Kent Hughes. Kent Hughes was the pastor at College Street uh, Church in Wheaton, Illinois. It's called Ephesians, the mystery of the body of Christ. Um, great men, godly men, and very readable, and they will help you to have Christ formed in you. How about for you? When you think of the gospel of Matthew, there's tons of resources out there. There are. Um, I'm going to try to stick to two. Uh, one for uh, one that I think is maybe a little more accessible and one for those who want to go a little bit deeper. Um, the the first would be actually a book written by by the professor in question, Jonathan Pennington, who taught uh, taught me my class on Matthew. It's a it's a book that's not just about Matthew, but certainly very very much a, a part of it. Is the book is called Reading the Gospels Wisely, and uh, that's a really helpful book by by Dr. Pennington that helps us understand the the genre of gospel and understanding all of its its nuances and all of its characteristics. It really helps to give a sense of, of what these books are trying to say and how, how to read them wisely. 
So that's one I would recommend. I, I think that's a pretty accessible book. It's not particularly <laughs> academic or hard to get into. For, for those maybe a little more academically minded who, would, who are interested in the genre of gospel specifically and want, want to dive into why is it that we have four? Why is it that they all say slightly different things sometimes? What's the deal there? What's going on? If you've ever had those types of questions, there's a book called Who, Who Chose the Gospels by C.E. Hill. If you want to go back in history and talk about not just the four gospels we have, but what about the Gospel of Thomas? And what about all these other books? And how, does, how, how do we arrive at what we have now? And what is the context, the historical context of, of how Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and specifically Matthew, have, have come to us here today? And so those those would be my two recommendations. And and I would say to to those who are listening, if you're from CBC or you're in the vicinity of CBC, I think I have most of these books in my library. So yeah, we've we've welcome. got these for sure. Yeah, you'd be welcome to to use them. Absolutely. So this is the first in a little three part series we're going to be doing here for the first bit of the summer on our favorite books of the Bible. This was our episode on the New Testament. Next week, we will be back with you to talk about our favorite books of the Old Testament. And I I trust that will be uh, just as enjoyable of a conversation to have. So thanks very much for joining us this week. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye, everyone.